I'm retarded um, after the many weeks of not speaking to you. I know. I don't even remember how to do this. Uh, exactly. I can't remember exactly how to speak to you, which is why I hit record late. Oh. Should we say good morning again? Okay, go ahead. Do you think anybody cares that we missed it? Good morning, Sam. <laughs> Hello, Simon. <laughs> That's so strange. Your voice sounds so foreign now. I know. Who are you again? Oh, mm. I'm so sorry. Last week, Friday morning, I was throwing my guts out in a Nairobi hotel room. It was very unglamorous. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound terribly glamorous. Why were you in a Nairobi hotel room? I went up for work and then I took some leave because Kenya is awesome. Um, so I met Eric Hersman, which was rad, and I saw the iHub and I got kissed by a giraffe on my face. Hmm. You know, just doing As things one does. that one does in Kenya. Yeah. Oh, you know the weirdest thing about Nairobi? Have you ever been to the snake park there? Nope. It is an open air snake park. Isn't that literally the worst possible idea? <laughs> It's literally like a snake pit, basically. Snake pit. Yeah. And you pay to go into the snake pit. Yeah, yeah. They don't warn you before you pay. They're just like, yeah, come look at our awesome snakes. And you're thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. I like snakes. I like snakes behind glass where I can look at them. Mm -hmm. Um, Not crawling up next to my leg, really. Yeah, but now (laughs) you're back and kicking ass and, uh, and you didn't die, which is incredibly handy. That is, a, it is a good thing, yeah. Oh, and, uh, and you've launched a new show. We should talk about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, finally. <laughs> you and Craig Rodney, or Craig and, Rodney and you. And Guy and Taylor. And Guy Taylor, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, it's so, called The Brave. Uh-huh. It's on a website called seed.tv. That seed, Where? like that thing that you uh, stick in a furrow to get a milli. Or so, it's, is it a mm. furrow? No. Yes, furrow is so where we- the water comes from. I'm no, so I confused, think, I think, Sam. I think you also make a furrow for seeds, I think. Mm, mm-hmm. I True know. that. Dot TV, um, like that thing that uh, you use you know telly with. That your granny watches. Yeah. That your granny um, watches. Because you watch on your tablet. Um, indeed. And uh, so that's where you'll find the brave. Like a badass. So tell us about the brave, Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool. So basically, much like this this thing we do is an excuse for me to talk to Simon, which is a pretty great thing. The Brave is an elaborate ruse for us to talk to people who we think is interest, are interesting mm-hmm. around the world. So um, the first episode that we've, we've really released is uh, one where we interview Ben Saunders, who is a polar explorer. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've also interviewed uh, Haroon Mir. Um, so people from the tech space, but not necessarily in the tech space at all, like just generally people who are interesting. We interviewed Lauren Bjorkus, which was great. That one's going to go up soon. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's it's us talking to people who we think are pretty amazing. And the kinds of questions we're interested in asking are about how they manage to do what they do, really. So what yeah. motivates them and why do they – like who wakes up and decides, you know what I really want to do? I want to walk to the South Pole, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what is that? So, yeah. So it sounds awesome. Um, I happen to have bought into a hook, line, and sinker. And <laughs> so go check it out. C.TV forward slash TB. Uh, TB for the brave. And there you will find Sam's new amazing show. Yay! bang um, yeah. And that's enough about that because that's what we're talking about. So, so what are we talking about? I don't know, today? dude. What have you, you been thinking to, about? You went to the iHub. I find the whole <laughs> hub idea quite fascinating. I, I had the idea of starting a hub in Cape Town uh, not too mm. long ago. Uh, and I even got as far as speaking to some investors who were interested. And then I got busy doing other stuff. But, uh. um, but that idea that, that 
you know, the world has educated us that you need money to start a business. But actually, mm. you don't. You need connections with the right people. You need bandwidth. Yeah. You need a place to sit and a laptop. Um, mm. You need to have meetings. You need to travel. Yeah. Um, and yes, you, you know, money helps you achieve all of those things. But money certainly isn't the headline. I always love telling the story about uh, Dimension Data, which was started with a budget of 7,000 rand. What? Um, did you not know this? Yeah. No. Seriously? Yeah, when the guys got together for the first time in uh, their garage, uh, 7,000 rand was what they had to spend on this thing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this was uh, 7,000 rand in when? Uh, the 90s, I guess. So, yeah. um, so that call was it, like a call million it, dollars. <laughs> call <laughs> it the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, what, 30, 40, 50 grand now? No, but still. And Didata, which is now Global Beermouth, you know. Mm. So that's like, mm. you know, one month's salary for three people. Sure. If you're That's lucky. amazing. Not quite. Ooh. Very Wava. low salaries. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, but that's what it, you know, and, and Didata now is a multinational. Well, it's owned by, uh, I can't think today. Who uh, owns Didata? I know Jap- Didata Japanese owns uh, <laughs> telecommunications giant whose name will come to me. Let's go and ask Decomo, the uh, Who owns Decomo? Dude... <sighs> I hate yeah. when this happens. Like, mm. there's so, I know that this is in my brain. NTT, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Mm. That makes I didn't, sense. I didn't remember. I asked my external brain. <laughs> um, that's, that's okay, though. I don't think we have to remember things so much. Yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the hub idea is really interesting. And, and interestingly, this was, this was Eric's uh, his criticism of the South African tech scene. And, and I don't mean criticism in a mean way, like, you know, the conversation he was having, is that we don't seem very organized and connected to each oh, other. Dude, Everyone's kind of on their own mission. But I think it's an ego problem as well because, mm. um, yeah, I, I did – you need to be careful about how you put this, but I, I deal with a lot of people in the in the space in South Africa, and they're all very full of themselves. Mm. You know, you'd swear that they were VC'd up the Yazoo, living on the west coast of the USA, <laughs> when really, like you know, they managed to scrape together some funds from a pretend VC uh, in Cape Town, and they go to all the Silicon Cape meetups. But other than that, you know. Mm. And it's like uh, there's this – I think we're also inherently more competitive, but like weirdly competitive, you know, mm. where it's mm. like this company isn't even remotely doing what you're doing, but you still perceive this other entrepreneur somehow being a threat to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's very much the mindset. And, and, and they get all standoffish. And I'm being horrible and generalizing, but I think mm. that that perhaps is part of what's led to the situation that Eric very rightly identifies mm. as a problem in the local tech space, that – People aren't collaborating and spending enough time speaking to each other and getting together and doing stuff. Totally. I think it's kind of a mindset of scarcity as well, weirdly, um, that causes that competition. Like we feel like there just there aren't that many consumers to go around or, or that much funding or that many connections or that many speaking slots at the conferences, mm. you know. So, yeah, it is. It's kind of dog eat dog and gross i don't know i think um, the truth is there's more than enough to go around um the one thing i yeah. do know is you cannot start a business in an island uh, I, i've you know i've seen this movie once or twice mm. um and it's very difficult to get anything going without some help without friends without speaking to the right people in the right places to get the mm. partnerships that you need in place the buy-in from the key the stakeholders and all of that good stuff it's it's mm. difficult. It's not something you can do in isolation. Definitely. Although, I mean, thinking again about that scarcity thing, um, so I think the problem is that also um, in the tech space here, a lot of people are focused on trying to serve the same people, you know. So mm. everyone is trying to make the new 
uh, smartphone app and there aren't that many people who are looking at this giant mass of people who are getting online but on mm. feature phones you know and thinking about what we can do to make their lives better and easier and cooler um, yeah and, and and if you if i mean if you if you're running a business in south africa at the moment and you're not thinking further than iphone and android which you should be thinking about because mm. that's very quickly displacing the feature phones out there but if you don't have a strategy for there's there's a good few million people in that band between feature phones and smartphones who have mm. a kind of smartphone. <laughs> I don't know what else Black, to call them. Blackberry. Or, or whatever. the Nokia, Nokia E-Series guy. Or whatever. But they've, mm. you know, it's got, it's got connectivity. They have mm. bandwidth to use. Not a lot, mm. but they've got it. Uh, and they're steadily climbing their way up to the status of somebody who rocks an iPhone and drives or whatever. But um, mm. but you need to be thinking about them because that's a much bigger market than than the, you know, the handful of people in South Africa who rock a, a leading smartphone. And guess what? It's a market that not every other giant corporate is trying to, to get to as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so well done to Kenya for figuring that one out. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> the Josie Hub is kind of a cool thing, um, but, but not nearly kind of enough well, of a, a few center. Of these things. So, mm. so Precult's launched the Josie Hub, but there was one before. I don't know if, they, if it's the same thing. Um, because there's no, that worldwide hub network, mm. um, and there's been a Johannesburg hub running as part official part of that network for for quite a while. Mm. Um, what is the lady who ran it, Lindsay? Um, but I need to be careful because I'm out of touch. So uh, you know, mm. Josie hub might be working with them. Yeah, um, I am not sure. So anyway, back to the hub idea. The idea is you've got a space where people can come, they can learn, they can network, which is the most mm. important thing probably. Mm. Um, they have access to bandwidth. Um, they can work with each other. So if there's one company that's doing software development and another company that's doing financial services, they can help each other out in whatever way they uh, need. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's just a – it's not just a thing that the tech industry needs, right? I mean, back in the, back in the day, you'd have gentlemen clubs – um, which kind of served the same purpose. You I still suppose. do in places. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You got those with, horrible member-only clubs in London. With whiskey, uh, and and there's one in Joburg as well. Isn't isn't the Rand Club is still a thing, or is it just a uh, nightclub now? No, I think it's still a thing. Look, okay. I'm not I'm not against these these clubs. Why not? Uh, you can do. Well, what now you want, that man. they let ladies in the front door, you know mm-hmm. that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that the, the RAN club in Joburg only started letting Jews in in the mid-90s? <laughs> True story. Oh, man. Let's not look back upon our country's past and say anything about it, really. Yeah. That it's too road, embarrassing. Down that road lies madness and sadness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, um, but I like the idea. I like the idea of a hub. And uh, if you don't know what the iHub in Nairobi is and you found this conversation on the internet and you're wondering, mm. um, you can just Google iHub. Um, I think the website's ihub.co.ke. And but, while um, you're there, you should totally check out White African, which is Eric Hersman's blog. Yeah, Eric Hersman is a force for good on this continent, and I mean uh. force in every way. He, I don't know how he manages to do all the things that he does, but mm. um, but he's amazing. Uh, and, mm. you know, there's a lot of people talking about technology in Africa. Uh, there's a bit of posturing going on as they pretend to know what the hell they're talking about. Mm. Eric has has the goods. He's actually doing stuff in technology in Africa. He was one of the founders of Ushahidi. He runs the iHub. He's making mm. real tangible change in people's lives. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it. So uh, he's the real deal, man. If you want, it, if you want to talk to somebody about technology in Africa, don't don't waste your time. Just go straight totally. to Eric. 
or just innovation in Africa, which doesn't always mean technology. Uh, his latest thing, which is so cool, I don't know if you've seen it, since the, the Westgate bombing, uh, he's launched this thing called... Um, ping, ping, ping it, ping, ping, I think just ping, um, which is basically like a, a way in an emergency for you to very quickly let a whole group of people know that you're okay, um, mm. which is very cool. And that, that came out within like a week of the Westgate thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that, I mean, that was with Shahidi's whole deal as well is 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 meeting real needs in in the midst of a crisis mm. um you know ushahidi of course develops uh, heat maps for whatever you wanted to develop heat maps for because it's crowdsourced so mm. people can sms a number uh, or there are other ways for them to let ushahidi know about something happening in a spot mm. and then it, it starts uh, putting together these heat maps and it's open source that's the other yeah. great thing about it which is awesome yeah we um, built one off that platform which is so i mean the reason you know it's open source you can do whatever um went around the xenophobic attacks a couple of years ago and um, so yeah i mean it's been replicated all around the world it's just so great oh. yeah no. So how do you take the hub thinking that entrepreneurs in Africa are increasingly learning about and you make that work for uh, a business that's up and running and douchey and needs to change and uh, become more entrepreneurial, more hmm. adventurous, more collaborative? Do you create a hub within an organization? Do you – how do we – because collaboration really, it's, it, it's not it, – it, it's unintuitive, counterintuitive, mm. whatever. Mm. My brain's broken. But uh, – you know, you think collaboration happens all the time in big companies because you see people talking to each other, but uh, nope. things things are still very <laughs> siloed when you go beyond individuals. And yeah, um, no, and what you're seeing when people are talking to each other in big organisations is mostly people blaming each other for things. <laughs> I've realised. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Well, well, there's a lot of that as well, and there's, there's also there's also fiefdoms and chiefdoms Ugh, and um, yeah. and politics that go yeah. with it because people, you know. You'll f the, the curious thing I found with a lot of big organizations is you'll find several people claiming to own the same thing. Mm. And maybe, maybe I just don't have enough of an understanding about how that's supposed to work. But, um, mm. but it's no, curious. No, it's totally true, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know if one should think about how do you increase, I don't know, create a hub-like thing within organizations. Maybe, maybe you just give up on all of those things and you rather <laughs> phrase the question for small, interesting people. You can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, guys, you can't do it. Sorry, you're just screwed. You're too big and slow and horrible. Unwieldy. Well, I mean, was it Apple that famously did that thing, or Pixar, I can't remember, where they, they built only one uh, group of bathrooms all in the same place? In yeah, the it was Pixar, and everybody had yeah. to walk past each other. There's also the 3M example because they applied Dunbar's number, right, which says human beings can't function in groups bigger than 150 individuals. Mm -hmm. That's like our hard limit for how many names and faces we can remember in an organizational unit. Yeah. Um, so, so what 3M did was they, they took this quite literally and applied it to the way that they grew the company. So the moment a team hmm. or a group or a division got bigger than 150 people, they would split it into two. And then they keep hmm. their, 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 their campus, has, has, they literally keep people in separate buildings. So they won't have more than 150 people in a building. Uh, they must yeah. be very small buildings. But I mean, there's also there's the the two pizza rule, which is an even more extreme version of that, which is that a team, a working team, should never be bigger than amount of people you can feed with two large pizzas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is totally a thing that works in advertising, at least. Um, yeah, it, well, it seems I, to play I, out I, quite well. I, I, you know, I find the meetings that are bigger than like three, maximum four people, are yeah. seldom very productive. Yeah, and indeed. curiously, usually when you pick at the reason for why the meeting's happening in the first place. 
it's fairly nebulous. It mm. means it means that there's something happening that nobody knows enough about, mm. and so we need to get together with lots of people uh, and scratch heads. and And so the inclination I have is to go. Well, who needs to figure this out? All right, off you go and figure it out, and mm. then call a meeting with the three people who need to start the ball rolling once you figured it out. Let's yeah. not have a meeting about a meeting to figure it out. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, this this thing about big businesses. I mean, there was a there was a, a white paper I was reading the other day. Meh. So A white paper. I have many of those. I have them filed away in a cabinet. No, I, I, I was reading... I refer to them on my PDA. <laughs> Except I don't ever. Um, it was by one of those big... You know, management consulting people, all of mm-hmm. those guys, um, and they. But it was an interesting, interesting question about uh, creative destruction. I think was the title, which is you know quite quite interesting for for one creative of those destruction. Yeah, and they, they were just looking sounds at the like, stats. It sounds like a, a, a nice pastime. <laughs> sounds. Is that like what you do in Grand Theft Auto Five with a sledgehammer? <laughs> yeah. Creative, creative destruction. destruction. GTA, I, which is GTA 5 must be the real reason for the government slowdown in America. Everyone is just like, no, sorry, we need to be at home. Um, sidetracked, no, but what the paper looks like is um, that stat about how the, the top 500 companies on whatever the S&P index or whatever you, you look at, um, how much more quickly people are churning through that list uh, than 20 years ago. So how it seems to be such a such a fast-moving, accelerated process. And these old, old companies that have been on there for like 100 years, um, all of a sudden their place is, is not – is not fixed and, and sure anymore, um, and it just it graphs the kind of the rate of that change in the in the S and P index. It's very cool. I will well, find awesome. the name of this thing. Mm. So my friend Which, Eben, uh, Mr. Easy E, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's running a company called Contextual that uh, that unpacks the trends behind that and then looks at the sentiment that you can find from Twitter, Facebook, but also articles about companies, etc. Mm. Um, and he's he's even feeding his algorithm from the Library of Congress's uh, digital store of newspapers going back like a hundred years. So I'm hmm. um, starting to pick up patterns in the past in terms of sentiments and then the impact on the market. I'm not sure why that has anything to do with what you're saying, but because um, you're graphing things, <laughs> it is cool. Yeah, sorry, I've opened up the white paper. It's from a company called InnoSight, which I've actually never heard of. Um, so in the 1960s, the average company lifespan on the S&P 500 index was 60 years. And and now it's nearly 10. Wow. Crazy shit. And mm-hmm. it's totally about that thing, like things getting too big and just uninteresting. Well, also, I think that that things like sentiment is a good example. It spreads a lot more quickly now than it did in the past. Mm. And if you're a company with a real operational or product problem, you have nowhere to hide anymore. Mm. You know, in the past, you could you could uh, use clever marketing tactics, etc., to to get around a, 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 an operational or a product problem, whereas now you've just got nowhere to hide. You need to fix the actual problem instead of pretending that it's a communications one. Yeah, sure. Um, and you also, you can't get away with just being, you know, the only guy who happens to be serving that market. Like, and in South Africa, this hasn't quite happened to us yet, but I can't wait for the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, telecom can still get away with a lot of crap because it's the only company you can go to for certain things, you know. Um, DSTV, bless them, you know, there are certain things that they can do because Netflix is not in the company and not in the country. Um, but it's so easy increasingly to just, you know, for those borders to not matter that your competition can 
I don't know, expand overnight and then you're in poo. Yeah. Yeah, so. that happens. That happens too. I'm busy yes. reading Malcolm Gladwell's new book. Uh, uh, did you read the Slate article about it, which was great? No, I didn't. The Slate article is called um, Why Malcolm Gladwell is Important and Why That's a Really Bad Thing or something like that. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, so okay. what's it called? David and Goliath. David and Goliath, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about this I'm kind this of enjoying book. it. Oh, okay. You, you're not a fan. Yeah, so so in general, uh, I find Malcolm Gladwell kind of um, sort of obvious, uh, which is okay in itself. Like like I think it's there's a there's an important role for people who translate complex science into nice chunky rules that business people can wrap their head around, and that's awesome. But um, I think sometimes he he re- he actually just gets the science wrong. Um, and the critiques I've been reading of the new book is that some of the science is just wrong like he's citing studies that have been disproven and that kind of thing but i haven't actually read the book so i can't really comment mm. yeah mm. How, how, well i'm not very how deep into it, so it. Mm. Mm. i'm enjoying it so far it is a little bit obvious uh the nice thing about malcolm gladwell though is isn't derivative and mm. a lot of guys writing in that sort of business slash behavioral economic space tend to be very derivative you know Mm. you read one of those books and you've read them all because they all cite the same examples they aren't even particularly creative about rethinking the example they all just go a bat and a ball costs a dollar ten cents you're like really you're all going (laughs) to use a bat and a ball you couldn't use like a screwdriver and a screw or whatever um (laughs) yeah so so you, you kind of read Predictably Rational and you go, wow, that's amazing. And then you read Nudge and you go, hold on, you guys are just five. taking the same thing. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. then you read uh, Thinking Fast and Slow and he just summarizes them all. But it's okay because he's Daniel Kahneman and he invented the field. So he's yeah. kind of entitled to that. He's kind of allowed. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but so the rest I'm, of you, shame. <laughs> so I think Malcolm Gladwell, the, the book that I most enjoyed was his collection of short stories. And I think what that fundamentally, yeah, what the dog saw. What I really enjoy about Gladwell is he tells a a ripping good yarn you know Um, and I like that and his descriptions are great and it's compelling Um, and that's that's when he's at my favorite that's when he's my favorite is when he's just telling the stories he's a great Um, storyteller and I I also listen to his books as audiobooks so and he reads Mm. them all himself uh, and uh, he does a pretty good job of that too I I love books audiobooks that are read by the authors Mm. Um, mm mm-hmm true story no sorry i was just going to go on a rant about philip pullman's audiobook again but i think i've done that three times on the show already so i'll not <laughs> okay well then just, don't okay fine uh yes so he's reading his own his own book and it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> and that's all you need to know yeah okay Okay. Uh, I consider myself informed about the matter. There we go. Um, so, so that's David versus Goliath. But it kind of uh, plays to what we're talking about because, mm. you know, there's this idea that some companies have that they're too big to fail. Mm. Um, we've been doing this for four million years and we've been doing it well. And uh, our products really do meet customer needs. Mm. Uh, so why wouldn't everybody want one? Uh, mm. um, and now all we need is an app. So let's make a catalog of our products for the iPhone. And you're going, you know, and, 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 and history has taught us, and this is the one thing where Malcolm Gladwell very accurately tells these stories, mm. that, uh, that nobody's too big to fail. And, and not only that, in this day and age, you can fail very quickly. Mm. Um, mm. You know, mm. things can start falling apart pretty, pretty quickly, so rapidly that sometimes it feels like it happened overnight. Um, mm. But we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen in newspaper land. 
Um, mm. We've seen it happen in Silicon Valley before. Mm. Um, and, and I don't think any company in any sector can afford to be thinking that it's okay because we're so big and we've got so much weight behind us that we can afford to take our time and figure out why people think we suck now and change that. Mm. Uh, it needs to happen bloody quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think the next one is going to be is banking. That's, that's well, the next thing that's coming. Well, it's kind of happened already. It's just been um, postponed, right? So Not we've, enough, we've seen yeah. the ask fall out of the market. We've seen banks collapse. Mm. Um, but then we've also seen governments bailing them out, which yeah. was a bad idea. Mm. Uh, we've and we've m- seen a lot of them going right back to their old behaviors, really. Well, that's you know. why it was a bad idea. So now we just prolong the inevitable. Mm. Uh, whereas I think we, we should have just let the chips fall where they may. Mm. Yeah, although that is a scary thing for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah. 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 Lost retirements and things. Anyway. Well, you know, oh, that sucks. The world. But, um, mm. you know, a lot of people lost money in the newspaper business, too. Uh, a lot of dinosaurs yeah. lost their lives when asteroids came. Um, yeah. But the small fairy <laughs> things running around that were ready for the asteroids didn't. So no. you kind of have to not cry for the dinosaurs. No, I think sure. we've told this story before. No, I think sure. we've told lots of these stories before, Sam. I know. We need to talk about new things. Need some fresh material. Totally, totally. I I did have a really interesting conversation with someone the other day, which is about, is it better to put uh, your retirement savings into art and collectibles? Which was interesting. Like just buying shit that is tangible and you can put on your walls. And there's some weird tax things, apparently, that make Mm. that a very good idea. It's not a bad idea. Uh, Ironically, the best investment in the last hundred years after they crunched the numbers and compared properties and art investing and all of the various things that you could invest in in the last hundred years. And top of the pile was the stock market. Mm, (laughs) Interesting. It's still the best place to plug money for the long term, or at least it was over the last hundred years. Uh, As Nassim Taleb has taught us, that doesn't mean anything for the future. But but in the last hundred years, it worked out pretty well for people who took a long-term view. Yeah, I believe that. Mm. And didn't panic. Mm. That's right. So, and if you're looking for a place to stick money now, I'm not going to tell you to stick it in the market. Stick it all over the place, but maybe get some art too. Yeah. And, Why and, not? And you can look at it as well, and it can be pretty on your wall, and maybe that's actually more important. Well, you know, the problem is when you have to actually convert that investment back to money for whatever reason. You know, mm. expensive painting isn't something you put on Gumtree. Yeah, or totally. Or go and, you know... Uh, tell your your uh, your broker you you'd like to sell in the next mm. five minutes, please. Yeah, it's um, not very liquid. Mm. It's not very liquid, but that's part of its appeal for me. <laughs> you could put it in a very large <coughs> blender, and mm. then it could be very liquid very quickly. Yes. Hello. Ah, anyway. All right. Okay. <laughs> so that yes. happened. That that did happen. <laughs> and now other things <laughs> need to happen. It's good speaking to you again, though, Sam. It's been it is, it's been way too long. I know, I know. I'm sorry, mostly my fault. I feel like I've kind of, I've exhausted my brain over the last month, um, which is, I don't know, I feel like I haven't been reading and nurturing it and doing all of those things. Um, um, so sometimes over the that's next good, week, no, Sometimes yeah. that's good. Sometimes that is good. Yeah, I've yeah. been running around and, and um, getting kissed by giraffes instead, which is quite nice. Mm. Um, but also working on big work pro- projects, which is, which is less nice. But um, yes, yes. I think during the week I will read things and send you links and then we can talk about them on Friday again. It'll be amazing. (laughs) Okay, Sam, I am. Okay, cool. We will speak soon. It'll be fun. (laughs) Okay, you have a great Friday. You too. Okay, bye. Cheers, lady.
Thank you.